This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. Hey, look at you, all grown up and needing car insurance. You don't have to freak out if you got a driving record that's not so hot or worry if you aren't sure exactly what you need. Able Insurance has your back. Pass up the national insurance companies where you're just another number and keep your auto insurance right here in Charlottesville. 979-0814 is the number. Ableinsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, the Ballhawk Show? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up, the Ballhawk Show? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Ahmad Hawkins, and I appreciate you for taking time out today to listen to the latest episode of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. Before we get started, as always, I want to encourage you guys to go subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and leave a review. It helps with visibility and it helps me improve on what you feel like. You would like to hear me break down more with each episode. Um, this episode is dedicated to the University of Virginia football team. This is a UVA podcast as we will recap their latest game versus the Duke Blue Devils down there at Cameron. Um, they came up short, lost by two points. So we're going to dive into some numbers and we want to dive into um, a little bit of fan talk of, of what's, what went wrong, what should have been done and suggestions by a lot of the fans as far as who should play and things of that nature. So it's not going to be a long podcast. Um, it's going to be fun, though. We're going to have some fun. So strap up because um, I'm in a lot of social media groups. So I'm going to address a lot of the questions and a lot of discussions um, that were talked about since the game has ended. So uh, make sure you also subscribe to the Ballhawk Show podcast YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search the Ballhawk Show. It should pop up. This is the new channel. This is the Ballhawk Show 2.0, as I call it. Um, the last channel got deleted somehow, and I didn't feel like disputing it and going through all that for just 1,600 subscribers. I feel like over due time, we'll get back on traction. So it's not like I'm trying to get rich off of YouTube. It's just a different platform for me to offer um, more things outside of UVA sports. Um, as you guys can see, if you've been following me over the years, I talk about every sport and any and everything that I can. So um, if you're a UVA fan and you would like to hear me talk about other sports, things are available out there. But let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. We two minutes in, enough with the pleasantries, enough with the promotion. Let's jump right into why you guys are here. Don't want to waste your time. UVA versus Duke. Duke won by a score seventy-two to seventy to improve to fifteen and two, and four and one in the ACC. Virginia, with their first loss of the season, they are now sixteen and one, and four and one 
in the ACC. When we go over some numbers, we'll start with the visitors, the Virginia Cavaliers. DeAndre Hunter led UVA in scoring with 18 points. He played 38 minutes, 8 for 14 from the field, but he was held without a three-pointer. He was 0 for 2 from the three-point line, and he was just 2 or 4 from the free-throw line. So he shot 50% from the free-throw line. He had four rebounds, one turnover, and one steal. Cal Guy scored 14 points in 37 minutes played. He came into this game leading us in scoring. I think he was he's, he was averaging like 15 and a half a game. Um, so he was right close to his average. He was 6 of 12 from the field, just 2 of 7 from 3. Um, six rebounds, one assist, one turnover, one steal. Ty Jerome also had... 14 points in 35 minutes play. He was 6 of 13 from the field, just 1 of 5 from 3, and also just 1 of 3 from the free throw line. He had 4 rebounds, 4 assists to 1 turnover. Um, then you have Jack Salt, 27 minutes played, 2 for 2 from the field, 1 for 2 from the free throw line. He had 4 total rebounds, 1 turnover, and 5 points. Mamdi Diakite played just 17 minutes. He was 1 of 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, 1 rebound, um, and 2 points. One block also. Uh, you had Braxton Key. He played 21 minutes, so he played more minutes than Mamdi Diakite. He was 2 for 3 from the field. He was 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He was 0 for 1 from 3. He had 6 total rebounds, 2 assists, and just 1 turnover, 1 block, 1 steal to go along with 11 points. Jay Huff had four points. He played seven minutes, two for two from the field, had the outstanding dunk, and then he ended up on SportsCenter on the other end when he fouled Zion Williams, and Zion still finished his dunk. Um, he had one rebound, one turnover, two blocks in the seven minutes that he played, and Kihei Clark had just two points in 18 minutes, one for two from the field, one rebound, one assist to two turnovers and one steal. Uh, the Wahoos overall as a team shot 52% from the field. They shot just 17% from three. There was three of 17 from three. Again, they shot 17% from three. We're talking about one of the best three-point shooters, three-point shooting teams in the ACC, I think they top two. They might be tops because what they did to Virginia Tech and what they did versus Virginia Tech. And I didn't go to ACC, the ACC.com and check. I should have did that. But off the top of my head, I'm going to just say they the best three-point. We the best three-point team in the ACC. And we shot three of 17. And if you didn't see the game, it wasn't contested three. I'm talking about we were wild. It was, it was great looks. And they were going in and out. We were 11 of 17 from the free throw line. Just 64%. So you already see the theme that I'm going towards. The last two stats that I just read you jump out to me the most when it comes to UVA basketball. Three-point line, free throw line. Because we're not known to get to the free throw line a lot. So you got to take of every opportunity that you get when you step to the line. And I always, you know, um, have been, you know, communicated to like, Ball Hawk, can you pay attention to who's shooting the free throws also? Because we all know if it's Jack Salt going to the free throw line, then you're going to be some trash can juice because Jack is not a good free throw shooter. He shoots 50%. So Jack shot two of those. He went one. He actually made one of them. So he was one or two. But 
You know, you got guys that we depend on that are solid shooters, and they shot 50% or lower from the free throw line. That's not acceptable. Ty Jerome will tell you it's not acceptable for him to go one of three from the free throw line. It's, it's not me being detrimental towards him. This is constructive criticism. He's a shooter. He'll tell you one for three from the free throw line is not acceptable. He'll tell you one for five from three is not acceptable. DeAndre Hunter, two for four from the free throw line. He should, he's our best free throw. He, no, 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 he's not our best. Kyle is. But he's up there. And it, it was, what's so amazing about when, when Hunter missed free throws, he makes a lemon for the free throw line extended. Triple threat, jab, jab, and then he'll shoot that jumper. So those, that stat to me jumped out to me the most. Our inability to make free throws. 11 of 17. We know Duke can't shoot free throws. They were 18 of 31. Came into the game, we know Duke can't make free throws. I mean, every time Zion and R.J. Barrett and Cam, every time they went to the free throw line, they showed you that they were trash can juice shooting free throws. They were around 60, low 60%. We're talking about a dude like R.J. Barrett. is 60% free throw shooter, but he's a scorer. He was 7-4-11. He did make two big ones late in the game. Zion Williams, people say he can't shoot. They treat him like he's Ben Simmons. He shot 50%. He was 7-14. It'll be amazing if teams don't start hacking the Zion as the season goes on. I don't know, but I'm just throwing that out there. Um, when, when you go to Duke, R.J. Barrett played 40 minutes. 11 of 19 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3, 7 of 11 from the free throw line, scored 30 points. Zion Williamson scored 27 points in 38 minutes. He was 10 of 16 from the field. Everything was within inside the paint. He shot one three-pointer. He missed that. 50% from the free throw line, 7 of 14, 9 rebounds, 1 highlight block, 2 steals. Cam Reddish, he was trash can juice. 3 of 12 from the field in 37 minutes. For a kid of his caliber, just nine points. Pack line did that did their thing versus Cam. It was RJ and Zion that 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 made it difficult for us. I don't need I don't I don't need to read the other stats, but it might be some Duke fans listening, and which is ironic because I didn't think they listened to a Wahoo podcast, but apparently they do. So Jack White played forty minutes, four points, four rebounds. Marquise Bolden thirty three minutes, two points. Javan Delore, no points, seven minutes, fouled out, and he come from the Ville. Shout out to him and his family. Alex O'Connell, five minutes, no points. Let's get right down to the nitty-gritty. Duke shot 51% from the field, 14% from three. They're not a great three-point shooting team. That's how Q's beat them. They play the zone, day to shoot, shoot the three, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot a jumper, shoot a jumper, shoot a jumper. That's, that's, that's what I would do if I'm playing Duke, shoot the jumper. Shoot the jumper. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Can you shoot? You can't shoot. Shoot it. Easier said than done. I mean, I'm at home. And I will give it to Zion and RJ. I will give them respect in this aspect. They took it to the cup. The light bulb went off. Epiphany. Because UVA does not play zone. And I know a lot of folks, and this is, look, well, look, let me, let me hold that thought. Let me go to some post-game notes because people do listen for post-game notes and things like that. And then I'm going to go back to the zone comment I was about to make, okay? So let's go to some team notes. Um, 
The number one versus the number one matchup, AP and coaches poll, was the first in ACC history, first since 2016, Kansas, Oklahoma, and fourth in NCAA history. UVA's nation-leading 13-game road winning streak ended. The Cavaliers' 16-0 start was their best start since 19-0 and 2014-2015 season. UVA is now 4-1 versus ranked team. Teams, UVA is 1-30 all-time versus AP top-ranked opponents. UVA's nine-game winning streak versus ranked opponents ended. The Cavaliers' 12-game conference winning streak ended. The Cavaliers' 12-game lead roading, road winning streak ended. Um, the streak ranks fourth all-time in ACC history behind Duke's 24-game winning streak and 14-game winning streak and North Carolina State's 13-game winning streak. U- UVA is... 52 and 119 all time versus Duke, including a 9 and 53 record at Cameron Indoor Stadium. UVA trailed at the half for the first time this season when they trailed 37 to 32. UVA's three pointers, three of 17, marked a season low. UVA had a 17 to 0 margin in bench points. Duke's 15 fast break points marked a season high versus the Cavaliers. Cal Guy has a 17-game three-pointer streak and has made two or three, two of more three-pointers in each. All right, I'm tired of reading that. Let's get back to what I was saying about the zone because that's eating me up right now. So I'm seeing a lot of folks. I'm seeing things, all right? Shout out to my man Piper Boy Williams because I don't want to steal his slogan. He always said, I'm looking online and I'm seeing things. I was about to say his slogan, so I had to give him salute for that. Um, but I'm looking online and I was seeing things and I'm seeing uh, UVA fans say, you know, Coach Bennett got out coach because they saw Coach K go to a zone, right? And then they said, how come Coach Bennett didn't go to a zone, make the adjustment? How come he didn't see what Syracuse did and understand that Syracuse made it hard for Duke and we should have went to zone? And I learned this when I became a coach, when I coached at Will Monroe High School in 2000 and nine well 2008 2009 well 2008 season and I remember as a young defensive coordinator how easy I thought it was just to install a brand new defense just because the team before me ran said defense and it took head coach Mark Sanford to put me to the side and be like yeah you can always just throw in a new defense but can your players execute it to the best of their ability in the limited time or practice that they have. Meaning, if that's not their bread and butter, why are we going against the grain? Shouldn't we sharpen up what we do best? And that and that takes me to what I'm trying to say about Coach Bennett. It's easy for us on the outside looking in to just say, yo, just switch to a zone. It's easy to play zone. Go to 2-3 zone. But if you haven't mastered the art of playing a 2-3, like Syracuse, is the outlier. Syracuse, that's their bread and butter. That 2-3 zone is all they do. That's just like saying, hey, Syracuse, get out that 2-3 zone. You need to go man. And people say, it's just easy to play man. No, it's not. You got to understand weak side. You got to understand how you're going to head screens. You got to understand pick and roll, what you're going to do. You got to understand so many nuances and just defenses versus what we just see on video games and TV. So for the folks that say, oh, Coach Bennett should have just went to zone, everything would have been all right. I disagree with that because we don't practice zone. That's not our, our bread and butter is the pack line. You can't ask one of the best defensive teams in the country to go against what they've been doing for years and what's been making them so successful. 
Like, you lose games, people. We lost. But my job is to bring everything together. My job is to take your voice, bring it to this microphone, let you allow you to be heard, and then you can kind of see why I, what my thoughts are. So that's my first thought. The zone piece, no. It's not just that easy to just say, hey, go play zone. It's not that easy, right? Second thing, more important, here's the one thing I felt like we should have did with Zion Williamson. Why are we pressuring him at the three-point line extended? Again, that's how you know that's how we're taught. You know, we're taught pack line defense. Get right at the three-point line, form a wall, don't allow a drive. Allowed them to shoot difficult three-pointers. So when it came to Zion Williamson, I saw Zach, Jack, I said Zach, Jack saw covering Zion because they gave Zion the ball and the elbow extended. He does well when he has the ball in the elbow, especially the right elbow because he can use that left hand to get to the middle. He'll give you one dribble with the right, right hand. He'll cross over immediately with the left hand and he'll explode and get to the middle, right? Packing a lot of defense. What's, what, what do we encourage? We encourage you to go to the middle where help is, right? Zion Williams is 268-pound freight train. Duke did a great job, but anytime they gave the ball to Zion on that right elbow, our left elbow, they would move a guy from the top. Instead of being at the top of the key, they would take that defender and move him to the opposite elbow or almost just give him the whole middle. They'll just move to where you truly can't help because if you help, you can't recover, right? Putting stress on us. So, Zion was getting to the cut with his left hand. And I was sitting at home. My wife was like, damn, why is Jack checking him so far out there? Then I realized that's the pack line defense. That's what we do. That's that's what has allowed us to get to this point as far as being heavily respected and winning the ACC and having all these wins is winning streak. And Duke picked up on that. It it just is what it is. Now, could we have switched off and and followed Duke's um how do you say kind of matched up with them and put like key on I would like to see Key on Zion Williamson, to be honest with you. I thought Key is is strong. He's six eight. Um he does a great job of sliding his feet. But I just don't know. You know, it was, it was ways to where Duke was getting that matchup where Jack was matched up on Zion, even though they had Jack White in the game also. You know, you got to give res- respect to Duke in the sense that they were doing certain off-screens, I mean off-ball screens to get switches to get Zion on Jack. And they're not single Jack out, not saying he would just – he scored – 27 points on Jack. It didn't matter. Like, when Zion got into the lane, it was barbecue chicken. I mean, he's a phenomenal player and phenomenal athlete. It's hard to contain phenomenal athletes. And I said this in the Virginia Tech podcast when I had the the brief blurb on Duke. I said, the one thing that's going to make it tough when we play Duke is you can do everything you can defensively, textbook-wise, and they're just going to out-athlete you. Meaning, all that fails. Zion just is just going to elevate, which he does. He will elevate and throw the ball up on the rim. And when you're coming down, he's already hitting the ground and jumping back up. It was times where he would lay the ball up. It would be contested by Jack Salt. 
Jay Huff, Key, Hunter, and he would get right back off the ground on the second bounce like he was Dennis Rodman and tap the ball in. So he he just made it tough. You got people now singling Salt out, blaming Salt, saying Huff should have played. And that's very disheartening because it puts me in a pickle because, you know, in, in order to really decipher and really break down why certain players are playing and why other players should, you know, stand in lane or stay in certain minutes, it's, it's going to be, be deemed as criticizing a player or picking them apart. And I don't like to be demeaning toward a college player. If this was pro players, I'll break it down quick, fast, in a hurry, wouldn't care because they pay professionals. But in college, I kind of tread lightly. So bear with me. So with the Jay Huff situation, right? Jay Huff is, if if you can understand this analogy, Jay Huff to me <clears throat> is a backup quarterback in football. You all you all remember when a backup quarterback has a good showing in like brief snaps, and then when the starter starts to struggle, it's like yo, put the backup in. So and so should be starting. The backup quarterback is the the most popular player until they become the starter. And to the expectations follow. Right now, Jay Huff doesn't have clear expectations. Right now, Jay Huff is the energy guy. Jay Huff is the highlight reel. Jay Huff is the breath of fresh air. Jay Huff is the difference. Jay Huff is the new breed of European basketball, the stretch four, stretch five. Jay Huff is something that we haven't had here truly. Jay Huff is what we wanted Toby to be, right? Toby was a kid six, seven feet, six, ten, seven feet that can shoot step out, but Jay Huff is 2.0 because he's a high flyer as well. So, Jay Huff has a no expectation slate right now. So, if he comes into the game and he messes up, blah, 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 he's the backup. Who cares? Just pull him out. You got You know, you, you'll have guys who, like, are against him getting minutes saying, see, that's why he don't play. But the people who are his advocate are just like, well, he's the backup. That's how I look at Jay Huff. Jay Huff can do no wrong right now, even when he does wrong. And even if you break down the wrong that he does, I just feel like you're just tearing him down. So me personally, Jay Huff is an offensive specialist. He could come in. He could spread the floor. The paint opens up. That's all fine to Danny. But we were playing Duke, and Duke has the athletes that can actually, in the long run, negate Jeff Huff or whoever we put at the five. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yes, you could put Jack Jay Huff in. He would have spread the floor. We would have got he, – he can shoot the three, so it's a viable option. When they went to the zone, yes. I, when they went zone, yes, I was hoping, hey, put Huff in the game. But I'm pretty sure Coach K would have got up out of there, out of the zone if Jay Huff was in the game. Like, they, he wouldn't have stayed. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't know for sure, but that's just what I'm throwing out there. But my, my, my point with this is Jack Salt should not even be in the discussion – of of all this. Why are we even pointing at Jack Salt? The reason why we ultimately lost this game is because we were trash can juice shooting from three. Our outside shooting was not there. I mean, this was the one game I didn't I don't I don't understand why folks were this this is not even the right game to even say Jay Huff need more minutes over Jack Saw. This is the one game where you would have been right by saying Jay Huff should have took Mom to the Akite's minute. Say I didn't want to do this, but I got to break bread with y'all. Mom was the one that you could have been like take his minutes. 
When was the when was the last time we ever had two seven footers on the floor at the same time? Jack Salt might be six eleven, six ten, but damn it, that's seven feet. Can you imagine if you have Jay Huff and 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 Jack Salt in the game at the same time? Let's be honest. That's 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 some formidable twin towers. And Huff is a stretch anyway. He's athletic like he's a four anyway. He can handle the ball. And I and I and I'm not telling Tony Bennett what to do. I'm just telling you guys what like if you would have took Diakite's minute, would y'all still be saying Jack Salt? Like, was Jack Salt really the issue? Was he really an issue? This game, I'm 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 being honest with y'all. Was he really an issue? He wasn't an issue to me. He wasn't. Duke did a great job. It don't matter if if Jay Huff was in and he had to check Zion. He was barbecue chicken too. None of our bids going to check Zion on that on that perimeter on that elbow. He could get to his left. It don't matter who you are. We're talking about a, a a guaranteed top two pick, a generational talent athletically. Okay? Yes, it's, there are a lot of things we could have done. But the main thing that we can't control, that we can improve on, that is fixable, is hitting our open threes and free throws. Free throw shooting, three-point shooting. That's why we lost. It wasn't because of no Jack Salt. And Jay Huff not playing enough. It was because of team three-point shooting and team free-throw shooting. I'm not going to take any more time in this podcast of breaking down why Salt played more minutes than Huff because that's obsolete for this game. We got to be better than that as fans and just tip our hat sometimes and be like, you beat us on the scoreboard, but we just didn't shoot well. Not, hey, Player A needs to play more minutes than player B. Let's not do that. Yo, we better than that. We should hold ourselves at a at a high regard. Not saying we sedity and we better than everybody, but we need to practice on ourselves and how we take defeat. And in, in order to be successful, you must first learn how to fail. That's what Michael Jordan said. What I'm saying is we lost our first game. Let's, let's all of us sip, shut the hell up, Juice, and just realize we can fix it. Point blank, period. We can fix it. But I do want to see the two twin towers on the court sometimes. I mean, that's what's for thinking. That's it. Braxton Key shot eight free throws. He shot eight free throws. We were trying to get the look, I will say this. Duke made us a two point two point shooting team. Well, 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 I give him credit for Well, you know what? I ain't giving Duke no credit for that. We took the best shot available. We took the open threes, we didn't make them, and then when we could do a blow-by, we blew by them. We're showing that we will go to the cup. Somebody said Duke made y'all a a two-point shooting team, Hawk. As I further broke down the film, that was more of us. Not settling for jumpers. It wasn't like Duke was running running us off the three-point line. It was us recognizing that the lane is open. Yes, and when Jay Huff was in, the lane got open. Absolutely correct. But then we realize, I'm going to tell y'all something, man. The boy Zion is nice. Did did, did he get help with the refs and was some home cooking? That's what home court advantage is. Questionable calls usually go to the home team. That's what home court advantage is. Influence of fans, they're human. Refs are going to on an error on the side of who who they feel like going to protect them. 
So that's all I got for y'all, man. That was this was more soapbox moment than than analytics and breaking down what happened. <clears throat> um, because I felt like it needed to be said for our fan base. Is just I know this is a game that you guys didn't really want to hear numbers. You just wanted straight up group chat and sports talk, and that's why I felt like I give you guys. You're not wrong for wanting Jay Huff to play moments. I do want to say when Kihei was in the game, Duke guards played big, meaning that they didn't have any wasted dribbles with Kihei on them. Kihei is 5'9", five, 5'8". Five, Those guys are 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They played to their size. They used their length. They're great finishers in the paint. Tip your hat off to a R.J. Barrett when he saw Kihei was on him. He just went to the cup. They made some tough shots, man. And that's when I tip my hat off to them. Coach Gay didn't out-coach Coach Bennett, in my opinion. I feel like Coach Bennett is the best coach in the ACC and not Coach Bennett. That's just me. And that's not home cooking. I feel like Coach Bennett has three pros now on this team. He has three legit NBA players on this team. So it's no war with me. Duke has all the talent. No, no, no. They may have two lottery picks, but overall – Virginia's a better team, but Duke won. The best team doesn't always win. It's all about being the better team that night, and they play better that night. So that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, man. Definitely appreciate all the support. Um, Make sure you go to sthujuice.com if you want your Shut the Hell Up Juice apparel or hit me up on Instagram at IamBallHawk and let me know um, what type of shirt you would like to purchase. i definitely get with you. And um, wahoo wah to the day I die, man. Ballhawk, we out. I want the whole world spin my record. Shero, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Ho, shorty girl, fed the death and I'm massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a city hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert, cause I massage. I come and do about a whole kind of large. I be massaging. I be massaged. I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging. Yeah, both of constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch croaker fish, cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Put out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. A pinky ring iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty two cents, and be massaging. I take a penny, and be massaging. I tell shorty girl set, I be massaging. Your big two, I be massaging. I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole share road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the poop all night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole team, we massage. Bad new posse constantly massage. Ain't no joke. I be massaging, even the bacon and eggs. I be massaging, huh? Polo shirts, Chateau Adidas. I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record. Let me give you the game. On how to get rich. Take a penny and flip a penny. Then forty billion, huh?
Cause stay free records in the VA oh, We be massaging Let's have a money shot Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.